Welcome to Ridgecrest Baptist. We thank you for listening. Now, here is this week's message. Copy of God's Word tonight. Would you turn with me to John chapter 17? And I want to read those first four verses uh, for you tonight in your presence. And then to share just three simple thoughts with you uh, in the moments that we have uh, together uh, tonight. Uh, last uh, Monday night... Um, all day Monday and Monday night because of a computer glitch. We found ourselves spending all day in the Springfield Airport and the Atlanta Airport. There's no other place I guess you'd want to be. So I had a lot of time sitting and watching people uh, because everybody was late for their flights or their flights were all messed up. And so as I sat there, I just took out God's Word and I began to look and uh, ask God to speak to me what I might share with you on any uh, occasion. And so God began to share these thoughts with me. And I just want to uh, just kind of pass that on. It's what I've learned. It's what I believe God has said uh, to me. And I want to share that with you. And my prayer is that it would bring some help and some hope uh, to you tonight. But it is the prayer of Jesus You know, a lot of times we think the Lord's prayer is our Father which art in heaven. But really, the Lord's prayer is found here in John chapter 17. And I won't go into all of it. I may look uh, at some places for, or have you look at it with me tonight. But I just want to read those first four verses and uh, to use it as a jumping off place this evening. The Word of God says, Jesus spoke these words, uh, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father... The hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, Whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Let's pray. Father, bless the word tonight. Use it to just build us up to be the disciples of Christ that we need to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What you will see tonight, I think we have a graphic, don't we? Of the three circles. You got another. All right. I'll have to explain it to you. The whole concept is, and you saw it in the songs tonight, three circles. And all three of those circles are connected together because I believe for us to really grow in the discipleship of the Lord, it takes our head, it takes our heart, and it takes our hands. It takes all three in the service that we need to have for the Lord. So I've entitled the sermon, and you have the notes there before you uh, that was in the bulletin. It is the three circles for following Jesus Christ. It's all about discipleship. It's all about following Jesus. We used to sing uh, in a lot of the churches in the hymn books, the footsteps of Jesus, wherever they go, they lead us in that direction. And that's exactly what Scripture wants us to understand. See, I believe that once you come to know Christ, there is this process to become more like Jesus every day. If not, then what's our purpose of being here? 
<coughs> a very simple concept is that if God didn't have a purpose and a plan for you, then the moment that God saved you, He ought to brought you on to heaven. You ought to, you ought to been taken out of this world the minute that you asked Christ to come into your life. But the reason that Jesus didn't do that is that He wanted followers. He wanted disciples. He wanted little Christ going about being a witness to all the world that is about us today. And so that's the way we need to live our lives. You know, I preach a lot of funerals, and you go to a lot of funerals, and you listen to what preachers say at a funeral. You know, you need to live your life so a preacher don't have to lie at your funeral. You want to live your life so that others have known about your... I tell people all the time that at a funeral that that person really preached their own sermon. They preach their sermon by the life that they live and the way that they live every day. So I believe that you and I as followers of Christ tonight, that we need to live our lives with the end in mind. That whenever that time comes, that we can look back on our life with no regrets and to know that we have lived to the fullness of what God would have us to live. I've come to realize that there are a lot of people that go to church. But how many people really mean business for the Lord? How many people are really disciples that follow the Lord? We have a lot of people that show up, but they never grow up. How do we grow up? We do that by walking in the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to walk with Him every day. You know, you take a businessman, he has graphs. He has the bottom line financially, and he's able through that to tell the story of his business. If he's got money at the end of the month, if he's met the goals, then in the uh, the graph, the charts show that he is growing that business, then he is a success. In sports, we have scores and we have stats and all of those things. But for a Christian... If we may claim to be a follower of Christ, <clears throat> but are we? You can tell me tonight and you can tell others that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, but really what does your life say about that? So I want to look at that tonight very briefly. First of all, I want to look at the head. That I believe, first of all, <clears throat> my first point is that strong disciples have a thorough grasp of the teachings of Jesus. Strong disciples. That statement says it all. That if we are strong, if we are real disciples, we understand the very teachings of Christ. That spiritual growth starts with the revelation of God. This is the revelation of God. This is the Word of God that has been written, preserved, so that you and I might invest our life in it and that we will grow through that spiritual uh, growth that God wants us to have. We have to know His ways well, the only way you're going to know His ways is by reading His Word to get it into our head. To know what God's Word says so that we might follow the teachings and follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Why is that important? Let, let me give you a little, a, a little bit of reason why I base that. Do you realize that the word Savior is used 15 times in the New Testament? 
He wants to be your Savior. His desire, He came to seek and to save that which is lost. But do you realize Jesus is called teacher over 40 times in the New Testament? I believe there's a great emphasis on that, that Jesus is telling us, not only do I want to save you, not only do I want to uh, transform your life to write your name in the Lamb's book of life so that you can spend an eternity in heaven, but I want to teach you those things that you need to know so that you might walk in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just in John chapter 17, in verse 8, uh, verse 8, he says, Christ says, for I have given them your words in his prayer. In verse 14, I have given them your word. Verse 17, sanctify them by your truth because your word is truth. Time and time again, he tells us that we must get the word within us. We must learn about the power and the presence of God. We must learn about the teachings of God. You trust the word to get you to heaven because you've trusted that the Bible says that Jesus is your Savior. Well, secondly, you must trust the teachings of Christ to live every day of your life. Well, what is your belief tonight? If I just stopped preaching and we just started and just went down the line and asked you what your belief is, what, what would be your belief about things about the what's going on in you know I think your belief ought to come out of the Word of God that what you believe about sex and marriage, money and home and heaven and hell, all of those things that affect all of our lives and those around us, the belief system that we need come out of the Word of God. I don't have sense enough to figure that out on my own. And the truth of the matter is, you don't either, folks. We have to get it from the Word of God. See, real disciples listen to Jesus. Real disciples want to know what Jesus says, and we, we bring that in our lives to live every day. You know, a lot of times when I witness to people, I, you know, I, I just, you know, cut through the chase and everything else. Try to do chit chat and what have you. But the bottom line is, I, I usually just ask them, if you were to die tonight, would you spend an eternity in heaven? Just cut through the chase and find out wh wh what it's all about in the midst of that. And that's a great question to ask somebody. But let me tell you what another great question is. If I don't die tonight, will I live for Jesus? Will I live for Him? You know, I can say tonight that if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus the moment that I take my last breath here. I will shout hallelujah in heaven in the next breath that I take. But I want to know that while I'm here until God makes that decision, that I am living for Him See, I believe the words of Jesus are words of life and that we need to eat those words and we need to, to dwell on those words every day. Most of us eat three good meals a day and no telling how many snacks. If not, we'd starve to death. But how many of you sometimes don't read the Word of God but very seldom? 
And if it's true spiritually, uh, physically, that we would starve to death without physical food, would we not spiritually starve to death without spiritual food in our lives? I can't imagine not getting up every morning. And I get up for everybody else. And I sit down with the Word of God and I spend that time in my devotions and in the Word of God before I ever face the day. I just cannot imagine going through that. I want my heart to be like uh, the words that I find in Proverbs, uh, uh, Psalms 119.97 that says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. That's what ought to be about our lives each and every day. We must get the Word. The first circle is to get the Word in our head. But secondly, we need to get it into our heart. The, the second statement or the second point would simply be strong disciples have a growing personal relationship with God that shapes their character. See, I believe if you get close to God, it'll shape your life. You get close to God, it'll change your life. The thief on the cross never thought about what his life would be. He had lived a notorious life. But there on that cross beside Jesus Christ, he saw the sin of his life and he saw the purity of Christ dying for the world and it shaped his life and it changed the very character of his life. Verse 3 tells us, he says, and this is eternal life that they may know. He wants us to know that we ought to have a growing relationship with Christ. Paul knew that. First Timothy, Paul wrote, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. It's all about investing it in the depths of our heart. That's the only way it's ever going to work. We have to know Him personally, and that's the way that we need to live our lives. If you you know Christ personally tonight, and He begins to shape your life, you know what it will do? It'll change the way that you talk. It'll change the way that you think. It'll change the way that you live. It'll change the way that you look at the Word of God. See, I believe it, but it will make you, it will affect you about how you feel about many things. If it's in my heart, then that's what's going to come out. If it's good in my heart, then good's going to come out. If bad's in my heart, then bad is going to come out of it. I heard a story one time about a man that, a preacher that asked a man, he said, what about your soul? And the man said, I don't have a soul. And he thought, well, this guy don't understand what I'm talking about. And he said, uh, he began to try to explain it. And he said, oh, I understand what you're saying. He said, I had a soul one time and I lost it. And Jesus found it and I gave it to him because I know he would never lose it again. See, that's the head and that's the heart and that's the transformation because God's been faithful to us and He will be faithful to us and He will shape our relationship with Him if we just give Him our whole heart. But then thirdly, it's the hands. 
It's the head, it's the heart, and it's the hand. All three are circles of our life, but they all intertwine and they come together. The third truth is that strong disciples advance the work of God in the church and in the world through service. See, I believe that once we have the Word of God, we become real disciples of Christ, and God begins to shape our lives that at that moment we want to do something for God. We want to work with our, our, our hands. That we want to say to Him, Lord, use me in whatever way that you want to. That's why we, we go to church. That's why we listen. That's why we read the Word of God. So that we might through that decide through the leadership of God what it is that God would have us to do. See, He's telling us, that we need to use our hands for great service. That we need, to, we need to be at work in a world that's lost. We need to be out there doing what we need to do, trying to meet the needs of the world in which we live in today. How do you do that? This church has a lot of it down pat. You know, we, uh, you go to the hospital or somebody gets sick and this church shows up. They show love and care. Praise the Lord for that. There are always opportunities. You know, there are times that we feed there at the Salvation Army and you have an opportunity to be the hands of Christ. You go to the hospital to check on people or the nursing homes and you become the very hands of Christ. There are opportunities like the Good Samaritan Clinic or there are opportunities like the Christian Ministry Center. Tonight, Candace brought into my office, you know, we've been raising the, uh, getting people to bring the uh, macaroni and cheese and she had all of this and I put it in my car and tomorrow I'll carry it by there. That's the hands of Jesus for those that, that, that cannot get out or, or their circumstances do not allow them to have food to eat that we as a church and we as individuals become the very hands of Christ we are giving them something a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that's what real discipleship about if all you do is come and sit and listen and enjoy the worship services here but you never get into the service of real discipleship you have missed the plan that God has for us today my Bible says, faith without works is dead. Proverbs 10.4 says, the one who works is rich in his service for God. That's what we want. That's what I want for my life. And so I asked you tonight, can you say, as you stand before Christ, you've done all that he would have you to I, I want to close with this. Verse 4, the beginning part of it. Listen to what Christ said. I have glorified you on the earth. One of these days we're all going to come to the end of our way. And when we do, can we make that statement? Can we say, I have glorified you, God, on this earth? That I've done what you have asked me to do. I've tried to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because I got real about discipleship. Got it in my mind, my heart, and in my hands in the service of the Lord. See, one of the things that's always kind of 
just almost haunts me. I think about it all the time that one day I know that I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give an account of every sermon, every visit, every witness opportunity, every visit I've ever made, everything. And the Lord's going to say to me, let me show you what your life could have been if you'd have been more surrendered to me. I tell you, that haunts me. Try to do all that I can. I want to be a real disciple of the Lord. But I can't think of anything that would be more heartbreaking than for you and I one day to stand before Jesus with His nail-scarred hands and to realize what all He has given for us, not only His life, but the way He has blessed us, the goodness that He brings into our life every day, the love that He shows us over and over again. And that He looks at me and you and He says, let me show you what your life could have been if you'd have been totally surrendered to me. That, I believe, is a real disciple that's with their head, their heart, and their hands. I'm not going to give an invitation as such. I just want you to bow your heads. Carol, would you just play something? With every head bowed and every eye closed, just in a few moments that we'll close out this Sunday night, and that we'll look at our own hearts. You, you realize without me preaching to you that you know that one day you will stand before Jesus. And if it were tonight, what would Christ say to you? How has your life been the representative of a real Christian? Have we lived to the fullness? If all of us committed to real discipleship, to hands, to heart, to our head, and we really gave our all in the days that are ahead, what a difference it would make before we stand before Jesus Christ. And yet He stands waiting. He stands wanting. He stands tonight pleading with you, would you give your all for me? He has given His all for us, and He just asked for us to give our all for Him. I, I just plead with you to do that. I just think what this church, thank God for what it is, but I think of what it could be if we all just got busy about being real disciples for Jesus Christ of the souls that could be reached and touched, that one day when we stand in heaven, that we could look back from this moment on and know that we really touched people's lives because Christ has touched our lives. God, I thank You so much for these wonderful people. Thank You, Lord, for what they do. And Lord, they do great things. And Lord, I, 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 I'm just... Praise you for that. But Lord, we could all do more for you. There are many that just come and sit and listen and they really never become full followers of Jesus Christ. And Lord, tonight could be the, the turning point in their life. And so Lord, I pray that in this moment tonight, that all across this room, that people are really doing business with you. That they would just simply surrender it all in this moment, to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that, Father, we would know the results in the days and the weeks to come because we would see the life of Christ in what they do for you. Father, we just pray that you walk with us this week. And, Lord, that you help us to be your witness and that we tell people of your great love. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message will help you in your spiritual walk and growth. For more about Ridgecrest, please visit us on the web at www.rbc-tuscaloosa.com. Have a great day, and God bless.